Well, good morning. It's, it's good to be back here. I'm here again with my coworker, Shaylee. We were here two years ago, and it's fun to be able to be back here for a couple of days and to have hopefully some really encouraging and meaningful conversations about things that, that really matter. But today I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had a relationship change? Probably all of us have. And I've had a lot of different relationship changes in my life. And three weeks ago, I experienced yet again the pain of a world-rocking, kind of ground-beneath-my-feet changing relationship change. My dad died three weeks ago yesterday. So not only is my relationship with my father eternally changed, so are relationships with my seven siblings. I mean, some are more immediate and more obvious, but you know, in the last few years, as my dad was struggling with health, a lot of our conversations were about, how's dad doing? Is dad declining? What do we need to do next? And some of my connections with those siblings are probably going to be different now. That's a severe change, but I've had lots of different types of relationships change, lots of shifts in my life that have just been hard. Friendships that maybe were so dear to me and then something started shifting, or maybe it just broke all together. Um, maybe it just grew distant. Men with whom I thought, hmm, this could be a marriage possibility, and then they married somebody else. I've had changes with ministry teams. I've been in ministry now vocationally for about 30 years, so I've had a lot of different teams, people that I lived life with and I served very closely alongside for a season, and then that season ended. It's been a lot of loss, a lot of changed landscape. And the reality is, and you'd probably relate to this, most of those changes were completely outside of my control. There was nothing I could do to undo it to make it back to what it used to be. I couldn't get people to love me the way I maybe craved being loved. And, and so I, I want to ask you, my, my younger brothers and sisters, does this hit home? Uh, maybe today, maybe right now, uh, are your thoughts potentially going to a friendship that just something feels off? Something feels kind of awkward, and you're not sure what it is, or maybe a, a friendship is actually just altogether broken. Uh, or maybe there was a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, maybe out in the open, or maybe secretly. Maybe nobody knew that the two of you were together, and that person had become the focus of your day, your schedule, even your sense of, you know, life is okay now because of him or her. And something changed. That person has Changed, shifted, maybe moved away, maybe ended the relationship. Maybe your family relationship is just, or your family dynamic is really different than what it used to be. You know, when I became a, a believer of Jesus, a more solid kind of personally committed believer, I was a freshman in college, and I developed a whole new group of friends, some of whom are still friends today, but my high school friends, I'm not really in touch with any of them now, um, except for, you know, those occasional social media thumbs-ups that you get here and there. One of my closest college friends, actually my, my bestie, um, we became so close, like we were so tied to each other, and truth be told, we were really dependent on each other in a way that was pretty messy, pretty unhealthy, but we just lived life based on each other. We even called each other, you're my home away from home. And then a couple years in, she decided it wasn't good for us to be close anymore. And I resisted that. I said, 
what are you doing? Like, I thought we were each other's home away from home. And she just said, Ellen, I guess I'm moving out. And I wonder, have you had somebody move out on you like that? I mean, it, it's so painful, whether if it's kind of that drastic, if you will, or even some of those other uh, examples I gave. It's painful when a relationship changes. And, and I would say for you especially, well, this could be true for any of us, but if that's a relational situation that nobody really knows you in, I mean, maybe that ex-bestie or that ex-girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is, they're not here on Lookout Mountain. They're far away in some distant country like New Jersey or Kansas. And you just feel alone. Well, I want to share with you some of the things that God's been teaching me, not only in the past three weeks and present tense, it's happening right now, but, but really over all these years of, of knowing Jesus and a lot of different changed relationships. And I want you to hear my heart that more than anything, I hope you'll be encouraged. I hope you'll be comforted if you feel the need for comfort. And I definitely hope you're going to learn from some of the mistakes I've made and maybe avoid some of the, the pain that I have felt. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a, a little bit of time. We're going to look at the book of James, and we're going to be in chapter 1. And um, just by way of reminder, uh, James was Jesus' half-brother, meaning they were both born of Mary, but they had different fathers. And James' goal in this letter is he wants to encourage Christians to have a life of faith, a life of integrity when they face difficulties. He's wanting them to stand firm and to be steadfast in their trust of the Lord. So I'm going to read for us uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, and then I'll drop down to verse 12. So James 1, starting in 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Drop down to verse 12. Blessed is the man and the woman who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. No, because God cannot be, be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers and sisters. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, the verse I'm going to zero in on today is verse 17. Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Now, this verse, as you heard, and I skipped, I skipped um, several verses, but it's, it comes at the end of a pretty powerful passage that teaches us so many things that we need to remember when we're facing painful circumstances, when we're facing temptation, uh, when we're facing the difficulties, including of things like changed, broken, or 
ended relationships. Our key verse, 17, has something that's pretty important for us that can comfort us and challenge us, and it's this, that only God is unchangeable. But you all, yins as they say, or yous guys as they say up in Philly, all of us and every single person that you're ever going to be in relationship with is not only changeable, they will change. Here's, here's two more passages that kind of talk to James 1, uh, connect with James 1.17 and how God is unique in this quality. For I, the Lord, do not change, Malachi 3.6. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, Hebrews 13.8. But people, your bestie, the person you're dating, and for those that maybe are married or you will marry, all will change. And all of these relationships will change as well. Some of them in ways that are really sweet and good. And some of them will change in ways that they have the power to, to break your heart. Here's the thing. What this scripture is teaching us, what 117 is teaching us in James, is that only through our relationship with the Father of lights, through His Son Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, only in this relationship do you and I have somebody who won't stop loving us or change his desires for us or ever say, you know what, I just don't have the feels for you. I'm sorry. We, only in him do we have somebody that's never going to abandon us or break up with us or join a new friend group kind of leaving us on the outs and saying, you know what, I, I just need to do me now. You know, I'm sorry. He's the only one that won't take back forgiveness knowing the very worst things about us and how we have hurt him and bruised him, he'll never take that forgiveness back and say, I didn't mean it. He's not going to betray the promises that he's made to us to love us deeply. He's never going to stop offering comfort, encouragement when our hearts are broken. He's never going to go tired of these things. He's never going to go back on his word to always be there for us or to stop carrying our burdens. He can't because he cannot change. He doesn't change. And he's never going to change his plan for our lives to make us more like Jesus, to make us more holy day by day. And maybe particularly tender for me and maybe some others in this room, he's never going to die on us. We will never stand looking over a grave saying goodbye to Jesus and turn away and go into a life that maybe feels empty or maybe facing a world that just feels so much more quiet now because you can't hear that person's voice. You'll never feel that or experience that with Jesus, but with a lot of people, we will. You know, just the other day I thought, oh, I should call Dad. And then it hit, I can't call him anymore. Or I went and visited one of my very favorite places in the, in the region of Philadelphia a place that I used to go to a lot with one of my very dearest friends. And I can't go there with her anymore because not only is she in the midst of really severe health trials, she lives on the other side of the country. So changes, loss. And I, and I don't even have to say I would guess or I suspect. I know that some of you are resonating with me today in one of these areas or another's, or probably all of us are thinking back to a time maybe where you have experienced a change, a painful change in our relationship. But with Jesus, 
We can trust that whole list of things I just made. He's never going to leave. He's never going to stop. He's never going to go back on his word. He's never going to say, just kidding. No, when he speaks, he means it, and he means it forever, and there's no changing on that. And you know why? Because all of this is based on God's word revealed in the unchanging scriptures of God. Remember what James said in verse 117. There is no variation or change in our loving Father or the Son or the Holy Spirit. All of God's promises, all of His commands, all of His teaching about every area of life will not change. Now, we've got to keep that in mind in a lot of different ways because that means we don't have the authority to edit God's Word. We can't cut and paste, move things around to suit our own means. No, the Scriptures are unchanging because they come from an unchanging God who has said, this is my word, and it stands. And that's a good thing for us. Because not only is God unchangeable, he's a lot of other things too. Because some of you may even be feeling right now, well, okay, the fact that God is unchanging, that's not comforting to me because maybe you see him as a harsh God or a a distant God or an unfair God. But no, he's unchanging, but he's also unchanging in his love, his holiness, his compassionate love or heart set for you. But here's the other thing that I want to kind of zero in on. He also has the power in his unchangeableness or his immutability, he has the power to heal and change our hearts. This is where it's really good that we can change. Why? Because that means if you have a broken heart, it can heal. It means that if you need to grow in becoming a more loving and selfless friend, you can actually have that transformation. It means that if you're a person that maybe just feels, as you sit here, like struggling to make friends, struggling know to how to, how to talk to people or how to relate to them, you don't have to stay there. God can change you. He can transform you. If you're insecure and fearful about really letting anybody know the real deal of who you are, those fears, those insecurities, they can change because you're changeable. And God is unchanging in his desire to free you from things that are, are keeping you in bondage or are just keeping you in a place of brokenness and brokenheartedness. He's the only one, my friends, that can do that. He's the only one that has that kind of power. Not a new friend, not even a great guy or girl in your life, not the most devoted parent even. No one has the power to do that except for the Lord. Now, you know, when my dad died, and really since my dad's death, I've been having a lot of different emotions, Uh, sadness, uh, some anxiety, uh, some fears, you know, kind of related to just his death is trickling down into lots of different areas, and I've been wrestling a bit, and there's been some angst in that. So I've had a lot of different feelings in that. You know, unsure, how is this going to go? You know, Thanksgiving coming up in a few weeks. And the holidays. Some of you have faced this. Um, But you know what I've not felt in these last few weeks? And this is a gift of God. This is a change. I've not felt regret. I haven't felt it at all. You know, thank you, Lord. And that's not because I loved my dad perfectly. I, I really didn't. But 
I did seek, especially in these last years, to move towards my dad, to serve him, to seek to cultivate a relationship with him. And do you know what it was that provoked me, that compelled me to do that, to move towards him in a way that I hadn't done for most of my adult life? Do you know what it was? It was a, it was a change that brought that change in me. It was the death of my mom 15 years ago. Because when she died, which was another like just hard, hard loss, I was really forced to face some things in my heart that had kept me distant from my dad. Now, with the death of my mom, I was hurting, I was lonely. Um, again, I was very unsure emotionally how is this going to go. It was one of the most painful things I had faced up to that point. But I began, to, I began to, again, realize these things in my heart. And truly, because my mom wasn't around, I was forced to have to relate to my dad in a ways because I would call home, dad would answer the phone, hey, dad, let me put your mom, or hi, Elle, let me put your mom on. You know, about a good maybe 10 to maybe 30-second conversation. Well, now mom was gone, so I needed to move towards my dad, and I did. The Lord began to change my heart. I began to talk to him about things I'd never talked to him about. I began to be a bit more vulnerable with him in ways I never had been before. I even began to talk to him about Jesus. And we would do a scripture reading over Skype before Zoom was kind of all the rage. Um, he, as a very senior man, and I were beginning to have some Bible study. Uh, but, but I was still in pain in the midst of all this, in the midst of all this changed terrain and having like a good, solid community of people around me. I had, I had people that were loving me well, but nobody really got it. And I had a wise friend who just said, Ellen, you know what? There's only, there's only one. Jesus is the only one that is really going to be able to understand all that you're feeling in the midst of all this. Why? Well, you probably all would know good answers to that. Here's how I would describe it. Jesus alone was not only my unchanging, never leaving, never moving, not changing zip codes friend and savior, but he's the only one that, that lives within me. And that's never going to change. Like that's a relationship that literally there will never be any separation with. In fact, when I'm with him, it'll be that much closer. So hear what happened. The death and loss and the changes that happened because of my mom, mom's death, led to an incredible change in my relationship with my dad that was good and vital. Her death led me to die to self in ways I had never done before, and that brought change in my heart and a changed relationship with my dad. Never would have written that script. But I can stand here now, even just 22 days out from my dad's death, and I can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for being unchanging in your promises. And thank you for changing me, for freeing me up in so many ways through these hard deaths and changes that will never be undone. But they've produced and are producing a freedom in me, a peace in me, a slow-growing turning away from Ellenism and wanting everything to work in my universe according to what's good for me. And he's freeing me from that, even with my siblings. I've had some incredible changes even these in the last week in some of my heart posture there. 
change. He's making me more like himself as he's calling me to die to things that have needed to die off. So I, I want to ask you, uh, again, my, my younger brothers and sisters, as you scan your relational world, either now or maybe you're, you're thinking back to past relationships that they've been done, but they're not done in your heart. Like there is something there that is just clawing at you, and you know it. You, you know that this relationship, maybe from 5, 10, 15 years ago, it still has a hold on you. Jesus, the unchanging Savior and heart healer, he can change you. You don't need to stay that way. You might be in a cycle of just always wanting more and more from your relationships, and they just can't deliver. God can change you can change you rather than you having a, a demand that people change their ways for you. You might be tempted to change your beliefs about God. You know, maybe a relational, a relational situation is actually tempting you. Of, you know, I don't know if I believe this anymore because of what this person is saying, and I want to be on board with what they're saying. No, God, God can help you in that. He, he's not changing, and he's not budging on his good, holy, and loving word. Are you looking to changeable creatures for what only an unchanging holy God can be and do for you? He is good, and he is faithful. He's not, he's not budging. He's not moving away from you. But will you keep looking towards him? So last week, actually last Wednesday, so just, um, what, five days ago, I had had a, a, a conversation the night before related to some stuff with my dad, with some family members. And I, I went to bed, but I woke up in the middle of the night just tossing and turning. I, I was wrestling. I was feeling so overwhelmed with some of the, these things that now are a part of my landscape that my dad is gone. And believe it or not, uh, so I, I, was, I couldn't get back to sleep. And so I finally just got up. It was about 3.30. Um, and I went to the Lord, I pulled out my scriptures, I was in James 1, thinking about my, the time I would have with you this morning, and I was literally on James 1.17, thinking about my unchanging Father, the Father of lights, with whom there is uh, no shifting shadows or changes. The power goes out, and the room where I am in is, goes completely dark. Well, I'm, I'm angsty, and thankfully, I knew, like, I, I needed to stay. I need to stay in the book. So I, I'm a candle girl, so I went. I said, put my little Siri flashlight on. The flashlight comes on. I go and gather, gather some candles, put them on my desk, and I'm having to, uh, to move them around so I can even see the text. So I'm looking at this text I just read you about an unchanging father of lights, with whom there's no shadows. And I literally have the candle lights with their flame dancing, casting shadows over my page. And the Father reminded me within my own soul, he's the only one that's never going to go out. He's never going to turn the lights out. He's never going to move out. So I'm there crying, dark, candles flickering around. That unchanging father changed my heart in that moment and brought another level of healing. He's the only rock. He's the only faithful one that is never going to change on you. As you're here as a freshman, senior, wherever you're at, you're going to have lots of different relational changes. Even today, maybe you're going to feel that. 
But God, he's faithful. He's never, ever going to stop loving you. He's never going to change his plans to comfort, heal, and make you more like his son. That will never, ever change because he is a trustworthy father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Let's pray. Father, I praise you that you are the father of lights. I thank you for for meeting me so tenderly last week, Lord. You are so, so good. And I pray for, I pray for my younger brothers and sisters here, Lord, some of whom are hurting, and maybe they're hurting secretly. Some, Lord, who are just wrestling to even believe these truths, Lord. You are unchanging. Would you move towards them, even in this next minute or this day, and bring them that assurance that you gave to me. And, I, and Lord, I'm going to continue to need it. So will you please keep giving me that assurance that you're with me, Lord? I pray that for my young friends. And Lord, because you are unchanging, we can pray this in your name, of the name of Jesus. We can pray like James. We can pray like Paul or John Calvin, Martin Luther, Amy Carmichael, Elizabeth Elliot, and any other saint that has been changed from this life into the next with you, we can pray just like they did because you, Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we ask you, Lord, change us, free us, heal our hearts, and we ask this, Lord, in the beautiful, unchanging name of Jesus Christ. Amen.